Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. Another one of those Sunday nights where we got three hours and, hey, how are we going to spend it? Well, I, I got a few things for us here tonight, and we'll talk just briefly about the updates from this weekend to that laptop that was found. Some interesting takes on that, but one I want to focus in on was with Maria Bartiroma. She interviewed Senator Ron Johnson, I think he's Wisconsin, about the validity of the laptop and what it could mean. And there's some interesting things that were brought up that lead me to believe that there could be something here. So we're going to talk about that. And a little bit later, too, in the next hour, our friend Shane Hewitt, who does The Late Shift up in Canada. He's been doing the show, the syndicated show up there. So we'll connect our two countries together, him connecting all of Canada and here connecting the United States to talk about some of the different issues that are going on. And I'm always interested in a Canadian perspective and what's going on up there, too. Uh, In the last hour, we're going to replay an interview with the U.S. Director of More in Common, Dan Vallone. I thought that was a good one from last week, and it didn't get a lot of attention because we did the interview so late, and I thought, ah, this would be the right time. We'll do that at about 1.17 or so, so about two hours from now. But if you want to call in, you can, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. So I don't know where to start tonight. I... um. I do these videos on Facebook, and because of these videos, I just basically hang out with you for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, kind of give you an idea of what's going on with me. You can tell me what's going on with you, and I mentioned that I'm going to try not to cry at the start of this show because I I wanted to share something with you that happened, and it's it's kind of tough for me to do this because when it comes to... Someone that I care for passing away, um, I always get teary-eyed. I can't help it. The strange thing is, so many other things could happen in my life, but if someone dies and that I was close to, I I can't help it. Like, when my grandma passed a few years ago, my mom wanted me to say a few words at the funeral, which I agreed to, and I thought I'd be able to keep it together, but instead I stood at the front of the podium there and uh, basically cried for 10 minutes while I tried to read my speech that I prepared for her and no one inside the people there could handle <laughs> so they tried to listen and no one could understand a word I was saying 
So I'm going to try not to do that. Uh, one of the most influential people in my life was my third grade teacher. And she was a brand new teacher at the time. In fact, it, we were her first class. So very green, you know. She, there was something special about her. I don't know what it is. And I think that I wasn't the only one to see that. I think everyone in her life saw it too. So our third grade class, we just embraced and she embraced us. And we were lucky enough to have her again when she went to fifth grade. We just happened to be going to fifth. So we had her twice. She later became the principal of the school and we would stay in touch. She is someone that always used to write little notes and letters to you. And it's amazing because over the summer, uh, she wrote me a birthday card. And I'm probably, what, close to 30 years removed from being her student. And I still got a card. We would uh, communicate on social media. And it became a little bit more frequent a few years back when she made the comment that she went into the hairdressers and while they were doing her up, they noticed, uh, they noticed something up there. So she said, uh, you probably, you better go get that checked out. And as it turns out, she had melanoma. They had to remove a big part of the skin. And for a long time, she went through lots of different chemo treatments to get rid of the cancer. And she fought it for years and she would go and do the treatment and she was optimistic and happy and positive and we're going to get through this together. And she had so much support for her. But every time they would take a picture of her, she would always be smiling. And she was doing good. I mean, she went through her final treatment. It seemed like it was going away. And when she was getting a checkup just earlier this year, she was at the doctor's, and it was just a routine, let's check it out, and all of a sudden she started to show some symptoms of a stroke. Luckily, she was at you know the doctor's office, so she was in good hands, and through a field of tests, they realized that there was a mass inside of her brain, and they realized it wasn't unrelated that they had this brain tumor, and Given her history with the area and everything that was going on there, it wasn't good. I mean, anytime you hear news like that, they couldn't um, they couldn't just easily get back in there given her condition. So they thought the best way to tackle this would be to do some very focused radiation where they just take it right to the one spot in her head. And if they could get this thing to shrink and show some signs she could beat cancer again. And that's what she was doing there for a while. And over the summer, I had an opportunity to go visit her. She was always so wonderful. And we sat down, and at that point, her motor skills were failing, and her speech was failing. But the day I was there, her speech was great. You wouldn't have known any better, other than she had to use a walker to get around and we had to keep our distance because of the medication and everything she was on. She had to be extremely careful not to catch COVID, you know. So we'd sit outside and we, we stayed away from each other. I had a couple of cups of coffee and she had some biscotti. And we just sat and we talked for about two hours. And at the end of that, 
we stood up and said goodbye. And sometimes you wish you knew that would be the last time you would see someone. So apparently the radiation, instead of shrinking this thing, she was worried that this would happen. It would liquefy it. So if that was the case, it would spread throughout her brain. And when just a couple of weeks ago, she was given an update on social media. And you can tell she was really struggling to get the words out. She was struggling to get up. It was very difficult to get up out of her chair. And what they were doing in her house was trying to fit it so they would be able to get a wheelchair in there. They knew that it wasn't going to be the same life after this, but they just didn't realize how fast things would move. And one day she couldn't get up out of the chair, so they had to call an ambulance. Two weeks ago, well, a week ago, I guess, went into the hospital, and we got an update that when they did her latest scan that it spread so far that there was nothing else they can do except make her comfortable. About two days later, she was unresponsive. And you just pray. You pray and you hope and you think, oh, I know God can do something here. God can move. So you, you stayed optimistic because she always did. On Saturday morning, my phone rang, and I looked down, and it was her name on the caller ID. And I knew it was either one of two things. I would answer it, and it would be her voice, and a miracle happened, or it would be her husband. So I answered it, and I waited to hear a voice, and it was her husband, to say that she went to be with the Lord. She was the one that... Uh, really encouraged me to get into radio. She was the one that took that skill and really pushed me in that direction because she knew at a young age I really wanted to do it. And I really uh, treasure all those years of her just pushing and just being there. Just not going to be the same. So... I knew I'd cry at the start of the show. I, I wanted to do just a small tribute to her. And let you know that, uh, yeah, some, uh, yeah, uh, uh, some people may have doubted if I had a heart or not. And uh, maybe this was the one time during the year I can prove it. But uh, she'll be missed. <sighs> this is Overnight America, KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com Welcome back to Overnight America. All right. I, I tried to give at least a preface that I would get all choked up during that. And I hope that it didn't uh, become too distracting there. But thank you for letting me share that with you. It was just something that was on my heart. 314-436-7900. Uh, look at Greg calling in. Uh, welcome to Overnight America, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well, and I want to thank you for the gift you, you gave to us mm -hmm. and the gift that she gave to you. 
She believes in you. She still believes in you, present tense. And we all know when we lose, lose somebody, they're not truly gone. Mm-hmm. They're just in a different place. And don't think that she is not going to be pressing your buttons. It sounds like she's oh, all over you. <laughs> well, okay. she, um, yeah, because when I was in school in third grade, this is one of the projects that she later showed me. So we did this project as a class where we had to make like a little city. And the idea was whatever you wanted to do in life, whatever business or whatever you wanted to work, or you made you, you drew it and you wrote a little caption underneath it. In the end, we'd put them all together and make it look like, you know, as our class, we built this city together with all these places. And I did a radio station. And ever since then, I would say starting at maybe, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, they would have me go downstairs. This was a Catholic school. So I'd go downstairs and they would allow me to do the, I forgot what it was, the morning prayer or the morning announcements or the Pledge of Allegiance. I think it was the Pledge of Allegiance. And I would go downstairs, I'd do the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'd go back upstairs. And I later realized that was her way to encourage me to do that. That's like my first uh, hey, broadcast. That is so fantastic. Uh, the idea is, man, I congratulate you. I mean, I truly do. Always remember that gift is always giving. And that through, yeah. and through God's hope and his love, we'll make it, and you'll see her again. We all will see our loved ones. You have a yeah. great night, sir. Thank you, Greg. You too. Bye. 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 Yeah, I believe it. I she's uh, well, you know, she was Catholic, so she was the Catholic teacher and then principal. The school eventually closed. They went through a lot of districts in Detroit. They would merge, so they would merge to like different you know schools together after the attendance dropped. And she went to go work for a Catholic retreat, so she was still very much part of the. Uh, the system, I guess, in that sense where she was working for the, I think, Archdiocese. It was a really beautiful building. The very nice thing is they always kept her uh, full-time, even when she couldn't work, so she kept all of her health benefits. So, And I always was worried about that. I said, oh, I mean, do you have good insurance? Uh, are, they, are you getting taken care of? So they treated her so well, so well. Tina, welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Ryan. I just wanted to tell you how sorry I am about your loss. I remember you talking about her before a few years ago. and Oh, sure. It's just so wonderful that you got to be with her this summer and oh, spend yeah. time it was, with her. I'm so glad. And, yeah, it was July we, uh, we got a chance to. I was actually up for a friend's wedding, and I flew back up for a couple of days there, and I really made it a point to go visit her and it was one of those things where I didn't really know what to expect because they they kind of told me like okay her speech is really difficult she's having a hard time getting around but man when I got there it, it was like nothing was wrong and wow. it was just one of those good days I guess oh that's great she was having a good day well Ryan I know that's tough but I, I'm just so grateful that that woman was in your life and if it weren't for her, you may not be on the radio entertaining all of us every yeah. night. So there's, there's, um, the seraphim angels are all around her right now, and she's out of her <laughs> pain, and you'll get to see her again one day. And thank you uh, for sharing that. That was courageous on your part. I, I love oh. that uh, sensitivity about you that you share with <laughs> your, with your uh, audience. It just is you know, one of the reasons we all love you. <laughs> You know, my wife wouldn't use that word around me. She wouldn't call me sensitive all that oh. often. This is one of those rare times where well, I can't uh, help. I just can't help it. I think it's great. 
we need more people, <laughs> especially men, to be like that. So I yeah. think it's it's a, a beautiful virtue. Anyway, All right, well, thanks, I'll be Tina. praying for your your loss, and I'm very sorry. Well, thank you very much. Have a great night. Uh-huh. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Yeah, I get choked up every once in a while, and it's it's tough. And like I said, I got a soft spot when someone close to me uh, passes. I just can't help it. And that's part of the problem with uh, the way life is anymore, you know? You just can't help it. I um, I was talking to one of my friends about this. We We were talking about all the things that have started happening in our lives. And now that we're older, you know, I'm 37, so we're pretty far removed from all of this. But we look back and some of our friends' parents start to pass away. I'm lucky to have both of mine still with us. But, you know, I, I can think of about five or six of our classmates whose parents have passed, or at least one of them have passed. I can think about different changes in their lives and things that have happened to them and even our old grade school, in fact, when I was back in July, I decided to do a drive-by. My son, I said, hey, we should go there. I'll show you where I went to school. And lo and behold, I get there. It's a bunch of construction equipment, and they're tearing it down. I was lucky. <laughs> I made him stand at the front door of the school. The windows were boarded up. If you look through one of the windows that were not boarded up, you notice that pretty much everything was stripped from inside of there. It was just a bunch of exposed wires and a bunch of wood boards. And it was really strange because on the one wall, it was still untouched, painted the way I remember it. And everything else was all ripped up. They, for whatever reason, left this one wall untouched right when you walked in. There was a sign, and I forgot what it said, something like, you know, school in session or whatever the sign was above the door. But I made my son stand in front of it like my parents did every single year through grade school. One, you know, kindergarten through eighth, it, it, every single time you stand up there, you're wearing your new shoes, a book bag, you got a haircut, and you were standing in, in the front of the school, and then they take a picture of you. And then you have a book somewhere, of first day of school every year, and you write the little number underneath it. So I made my son stand in the same spot my parents made me stand, except it was a lot different picture. You know, a little bit off to the side, you can see a giant dumpster full of debris, windows boarded up graffiti on the wall <laughs> and it was kind of like an analogy of our childhood in a way and i think i know i'm i'm, I'm talking to uh, just demographically speaking i look at the ratings and i know that a majority of the audience is over the age of 50 and i would be shocked to f know that anyone under the age of 25 listens to this show just at night I'm guessing no one under the age of 25 is listening live right now. I guess you can call and prove me wrong, but most of our audience is about over 50. So you've already realized this, but we were reflecting on all of these things, and it's about putting a cap onto your childhood. At what year or what age does that happen? And, you know, we all have families for the most part. A lot of us do. And if we don't have families, we just, you know, married or serious commitments with uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. A lot of my friends have kids. A lot of my friends, you know, they, they all have their own things going on. And you would think that after you move out of the house and you are married and you start having kids, that that would be the end of your childhood. But it, to me, it's not that. It's when you start to realize that, hmm, you know how they say, let me, let me try to rephrase this in a different way so you can understand what I'm thinking. You know how 
at one point in your life you think you're invincible and you think that nothing bad will ever happen to me and I'm going to live forever because I feel great. And then one day you stand up too quickly and you see spots and you <laughs> realize you're not invincible or you can't bend over to tie your shoes <laughs> or you look at something too fast and your neck hurts for the rest of the day. You know, those things start to happen. When you're young, everyone feels invincible. And I started to realize that realizing that you're not invincible, realizing that you're not immortal isn't the true test to growing up. The true test, I think, is realizing that the people around you are not immortal. And you start to see the ones you love, the, the, the adults in your life, as they continue to age, you still feel young, but you realize that, wow, they look a lot different from their photos and how I remember them. And once they start leaving this world, that's when you realize, wow, I'm not young anymore. I'm not invincible. That's, that's what you realize. You realize that, hey, everyone else around you isn't invincible. And I think that's the true sign of growing up. And... Yeah, that all happens quick. Some people, it happens earlier than others. I feel, I guess, pretty fortunate in my life that I still have a lot around me, an awful lot around me. So uh, when we come back, what I was actually going to talk about was something different. I was going <laughs> to try to cover some of the stories that went through the week, but uh, who knows? Like I mentioned before, I'd be shocked to find anyone under the age of 25 listening to this show live right now. If you're under the age of 25, call in. You can really surprise me because when they do different uh, looks at our audience, I don't think we get much at all of anything under that age limit. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Maybe I just put some wisdom to you, anyone that might be younger than I am. It's Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Overnight America continues to hopefully not blubber any longer. Wouldn't that be nice if I could just uh, stay away from that for a moment? Let me sort something real quick because I wanted to uh, bring you a couple of updates here real quick because I thought, you know, I don't want to go straight into the Biden stuff. It's just, eh. I was going to talk about it, but instead I decided to cry uh, in front of you. But I was online earlier and I noticed that I was trending, at least the Overnight America podcast was trending in the news commentary category on Apple iTunes or whatever they use now to count those podcasts. So, I posted on Twitter if you wanted to go give us a little love on there. Maybe we can get into the top 100. I think, um, where was I at? Let me double check. But if you're at Ryan Recker on Twitter, you can follow me on there. But I was, let's see, number 138, the podcast on news commentary. So I'd love to get cracked the top 100. It's probably been a year since we've been in the top 100 in the United States for news commentary charts. They loved me for whatever reason in New Zealand. It made me wonder how many countries listen to Overnight America, or at least have been tracked to have downloaded a podcast this year. I'm looking at just 2020. And there's been 111 different countries that have tracked a download of Overnight America. That just boggles my mind, really. And I'm looking at these, the United States, let me just kind of give you a rundown of the most popular. United States, United Kingdom, Canada, 
New Zealand, Australia, Singapore, South Korea, Thailand, Japan, and Mexico. That's the top 10. Then it goes Germany, Italy, Romania, Ireland, Brazil, Netherlands, South Africa, Sweden, India. I can just go down here. Hong Kong's in there. Saudi Arabia, Ecuador, Taiwan, Israel. About 27 downloads this year from Israel, but it counts. We're going to add that to the list. Vietnam has some in there. Haiti, Cayman Islands. I wonder if they're listening when they're storing money away. Isn't that where they do it, the Grand Cayman Islands? Pretty sure that's where they, the super rich people, no, maybe it's somewhere else. Poland, oh, Turkey, the Bahamas. Czech Republic even gets some in there. Ghana, Chile, Chad, Austria, wow. Zimbabwe, yeah, Zimbabwe. Uh, Uganda, Sudan, Sri Lanka, Wow, it's just it it just blows my mind to think that there are that many countries that have a registered download in the world to listen to Overnight America. Who knows if they actually listen to it? Maybe they just download it for the sake of downloading it and listen to about I don't know two seconds of it. But still, I'm going to put that up as a win. Top states: Missouri, Illinois, Florida, California, Pennsylvania, New York, Arizona, Minnesota, and Texas. Those are the top ten states that listen to this podcast. Isn't that cool? If you wanted to help bump me up and maybe get me in the top 100 of the lists, this would be great for you to do that. And I got to say, I am just absolutely thrilled to be with you each and every night. Huh. So I'm going to post some stuff up online too, mostly for the sake of, oh no, I just got a message on Facebook. So the story I told you at the start of the hour, my uh, beloved teacher, the one that I told you that every time I think about it, I start tearing up. Her uh, husband just messaged me on Facebook, I guess, that she just happened to be listening right now. Stayed up to listen to the start of my show. Beautiful tribute. Oh, smiling down. Ugh. See, just when I thought I was done crying, I'm surprised. I, I didn't know you listened to the show. You know, they're up in Michigan, and so much love for them. I, I got to say, you know, I, it's it's one of those um, it's one of those things where you wonder um, how how would you gather so much strength if it were to happen to you? And I looked at just how strong he was through all of this, and I I just it it just I was a loss for words just. Everything that they meant to each other, it was just inspiring to look at that type of love and seeing that he was able to do things without crying all the time. Because I think about me, and ugh, I, can, I can't even keep it together. I can't even keep it together trying to tell you the story. <laughs> That's how bad it... Uh, so if, if you're still listening, I feel I got to say um, thank you for doing that. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, let's just go to break early so I don't cry again. That would be nice. And then when we come back, I'll finally try to catch you up on what's going on with that laptop story. It's Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. There's... um. Someone on Facebook that messaged me, his name is John Reber, and I am 
thrilled that John reached out to me because he has a pretty uh, awesome archive of some of Jim White's Halloween spooktacular programs saved. Let's see, he has 1972, 1979, 1975, 1980. So there's a couple of different years that he was able to archive these things. And I got to say that I listened to some of it, and I'm so thrilled to have it. What we're going to do, at least this is my plan right now, next Thursday, so that'd be the last show of the week before Halloween, I wanted to replay some of Jim White's classic shows, and I think you'll really enjoy it. And then I messaged my program director, Steve Moore, and I said, hey, how would you like to air these on Halloween nights? That's Saturday night. And he said, yes, 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 let's do it. So you're going to get some Jim White Halloween spooktaculars. <laughs> uh, a lot of the show is, you know, he has some of his guests and he tells stories and they tell stories. There was one part I read, they did like a poem reading on the air. <laughs> Jim White learning about things from him. And callers calling in with their ghost stories. And it's funny because at the end of the show, he'd say something along the lines of, I know that some of these callers were just pulling my leg, but that's kind of what it's about. And I kind of like that because he knew that it wasn't something to take seriously. It was just something that, you know, let's tell some stories. Let's have some fun with it. I'm sure he took it as in he was professional with it all. (laughs) All right, so... Uh, One of the things I wanted to do earlier, and if you were interested in doing this from earlier, I wanted to just do a quick update on the whole Hunter Biden thing and the laptop over the weekend. And here's what I thought would be a good perspective to lead into this. So earlier today, I think it was Bill Hemmer from Fox News had Chris Wallace on, also from Fox News, to talk about the Hunter Biden story in the laptop. And a lot of um, people give Chris Wallace a hard time. They don't like his debate performance, the first debate. You know, I thought he was okay. I, I don't think he was terrible as a debate moderator. I thought he was just okay. As a broadcaster, as a journalist, I don't have a problem with him. So many, Some people have lots of problems with him. So when you're going to hear Chris Wallace say this, depending on how you feel about him, this could actually be either you're going to clench your teeth and start grinding him down to a pulp or you're going to agree with them. I just happen to agree with what he says about the whole Hunter Biden thing. Now, uh, listen to the way it's prefaced. I can understand the concern. Oh, I got to turn up my volume here. I'm sorry. I had to turn my volume down earlier so I didn't wake anyone up. I can understand the concern about this story. It is completely unverified. And frankly, Rudy Giuliani is not the most reliable source anymore. I hate to say that, but it's just true. There's a story in The Washington Post and The New York Times today saying that the national security advisor, Robert O'Brien, had to tell the president in December of last year that uh, the intelligence agencies thought that Giuliani was being worked by Russian agents and was being used to spread Russian disinformation. So until we're able to independently verify the story, uh, I'm I'm suspicious of it. I, I think it's worth checking out, but I'm suspicious. Having said that, when it's on the... Let me put this here. So Chris Wallace said he's suspicious. Now, this is what I think is important. And if you don't like Chris Wallace, I think that you'll at least respect the choice of words that he decided to use. Suspicious, meaning that it's worth checking out. It's suspicious, meaning we need to tread lightly until we could confirm or verify some key parts of this. But it's not something we ignore. Now, the other networks, they decide that the best thing you can do is ignore it or attack it as false 
without verifying it. You see, so when it goes in the other direction, if you're a journalist, if you're looking at this with in journalistic mind, your idea is, okay, we were just presented with something very scandalous. We need to either find a way to confirm or verify a part of it, and then we can make this into the story. Or if we can find something that denies it, as in something that contradicts it, then that could be part of the story. But either way, our whole part is not to make this and say it's false without doing our job, as in you just don't like the idea of it, or it looks bad, thus it has to be wrong. That is not your duty. Now, suspicious, that's fine. There's a lot of things we should be suspicious about. In fact, most of the things we see reported we should be suspicious about. I think a lot of the question, and like Trump or hate Donald Trump, doesn't matter. I think you should be suspicious whenever there's anything written about him because so much of what's been written about him has been wrong. It's so it's so bad. The track record is so terrible that even the things that are true about him get completely lost in the shuffle. Because if you look at just the track record of how many wrong things have been presented about him, that people will just automatically just click the switch to off and they'll say, I'm done. I can't trust these sources or these news stories anymore. Why would I even listen to them? Why would I even take the time to try to verify it? I'm exhausted. I'm just going to believe what I want to believe. And that's the problem we run into. There's been just like a fire hose of news and information that's been mixed in the good and the bad that you can't even discern it anymore. You just turn it off. And I think that's part of the issue with the president right now, because you haven't seen a lot of that when it comes to previous administrations. Now, why do I mention this? I mention that because when it comes to information that looks bad to his opponent, in this case, Joe Biden, when it looks bad to the other side, the same discretion is not extended to Joe Biden. In fact, they don't decide to let the fire hose and go. What they decide to do is be the valve. They decide to shut it off and they say, no, don't worry about it. Right. That's the problem with these two stories. And this is the second part of what Chris Wallace brings up. Having said that, when it's on the front page of the papers, when the president of the United States is talking about it, I think to cut off people from being able to even discuss it is a bridge too far. You, sure, if you want to put up something that says this is unverified, you know, be careful, that's fine. But to say to Americans, hey, the president's talking about this, but we're not going to let you talk about mm -hmm. it, that troubles me. That should trouble a lot of people. And that's kind of where we're at. Let me hop on Twitter real quick. And let me see if the New York Post has their Twitter account. Let's see. NY Post. Okay, let's go. And let's go to people. I wanted to see if they have been unsuspended yet. Let's take a look. Their last update was from October 14th. You know what that indicates? That indicates their account has been suspended and they're not allowed to post. Uh, that's not good. So... If, if you're a, a big social media network and you are Facebook, you are Twitter, you're whatever, you know, the two big ones there, and they'll take a story like this, and it doesn't matter if it's true or false, because I think a lot of times there's no way either of these social media networks have been able to independently verify this. What they're doing is going off of a hunch or what they believe is based on the bias of whoever made that decision to suspend accounts that talk about this or share this story or question this story, if, if that's dangerous. Now, that's what is going to be investigated when it comes to these big tech networks with Jack Dorsey, of course, St. Louis fame here. 
uh, being called out directly to sit in front of Congress and have to justify justify cutting off a news agency like the New York Post. That's going to be something that I think has led to where we are today and how we regulate this sort of thing. Now, keep in mind, other countries regulate social media different than we do. We are very liberal in the way that we allow these things to operate. So, for example, if you're in Europe, they have strict regulations on what can and can't be done with social media networks. Uh, They do some pretty awesome things like the right to be forgotten. I love the idea of right to be forgotten. You know what that is? If you're over in Europe and you want yourself taken off the Internet, you'd be able to go to Google or Facebook or whatever, and you'd say, hey, uh, remove me. So when someone searches my name, they, they don't find anything. Guess what? They're obligated to do it on these networks. Isn't that something? I know it's a lot easier with Twitter and Facebook. You can just delete your account, right? You can just kind of do that. But what about everything else that's linked to you? I'll just take it off. Nope, right to be forgotten. They also have a lot of strong consumer protections for individuals. So a lot of these tech companies can't take advantage of you. So what I would rather see is some of the different protections on the consumer level that are put in place in other countries like Europe, all continents or that sense, or the European Union, I should say, uh, and then use that as something we should take serious here in the United States. And yeah, I, I think also the power and what's enabling during an election is also troubling too and concerning, as Chris Wallace pointed out. I, I think we should be able to have the discussion without shutting things down so quickly. Uh, okay, we only have a couple of minutes here. Let me do this. Senator Ron Johnson was on Maria Bartiroma's program on Fox News. I'm playing a lot of Fox clips, mostly because I thought it was interesting what Chris Wallace said, knowing that he has mixed reaction with this audience. It's 50-50 if people like it or not. And I thought, well, I'll play his thing. Maybe some people will agree. And the way he's approaching this is very reasonable. But a couple of things have happened over the weekend. So originally, we found out a couple of things. One, there's a report from Breitbart, that's a very conservative website, blog, that's Steve Bannon, you know, all of that. And part of it is that you can't really look at Breitbart as unbiased. They're not not trying to be. What they reported over the weekend is that one of Hunter Biden's business associates that's in jail has flipped and has decided to give access to the FBI to his emails. That's interesting. I've only seen that on Breitbart. I haven't seen that reported anywhere else. That was one thing. Another thing, as these independent news agencies try to verify anything that may be on these emails, Fox News actually has confirmed at least some of these emails from some of the recipients that were on these emails that, yes, in fact, this is true. The Some of the other things that work against the favor of these laptops is that some of the dates and the story of the person that turned the laptop over not meshing correctly. But some of the dates do mesh correctly. One thing that Ron Johnson did bring up that's interesting is that, that they've been trying to get into all of this and trying to figure out, hey, uh, FBI, what do you know about these things? If this laptop was actually turned over to you, Let's say it was turned over to you the end of 2019. What did you find? And did you find anything? And how come we're just hearing about it? One thing that he did say that really interests me is that apparently part of another investigation that they were requesting information to be turned over on Joe Biden when it comes to itineraries, emails, things that may be relevant to previous investigations, the FBI turned nothing over. But 
But after a request was made when this email scandal came out, then all of a sudden there were some documents that were found. Ooh, that's interesting too. So I'll, I'll play part of that interview coming up in our connection with Canada coming up next hour too. This is Overnight America, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.